The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to Absurd Psychology, everybody. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Uh, Today we're talking about obsessive-compulsive disorder. Now, this disorder is crazy-making. It comes in all kinds of flavors and all kinds of degrees. Uh, some people are severe. Some people are handicapped by it. Some people, it's just a part of their day that they don't even recognize. But most people that operate under obsessive-compulsive know that they're a little strange. <laughs> and uh, I can tell you that uh, in my life, I've had obsessions and compulsions and uh, I'm sure that a lot of you have had rituals and things like that that you followed that made no sense to you whatsoever. And, uh, you know, all of us are wired differently. And sometimes these compulsions give us a lot of uh, comfort. And that comfort is an avoidance of something else that may be happening. But there's also genetic and, and neurological and environmental factors involved in that. And we're going to talk about that in this particular episode so, uh, you know, what I want to talk to you is about the World Health Organization. They have recognized obsessive-compulsive disorder, which we call OCD, is one of the 10 leading causes of disability in the developing world, in the developed world, excuse me. OCD is characterized by current, re- recurrent, disturbing, distressive, or intrusive thoughts called obsessions, or in other words, ritualized behaviors or, or mental acts uh, called compulsions. Individuals with OCD usually try to actively dismiss or neutralize an obsession by performing a compulsion or avoiding situations that trigger these thoughts. But the compulsion is a short-term fix that ends up feeding the OCD cycle. And, uh, you know, there's about 6 million Americans that are living with OCD, and if you think about it, that's about 3%. If you go on a worldwide scale, that's about 3% of our entire globe suffers from this particular disorder, which is not rare. It affects more people than schizophrenia, uh, panic disorders, bipolar disorders. And there's a wide range of severity, but, but uh, in more severe cases, OCD can be extremely disabling especially when the compulsions become time-consuming and elaborate. Some people don't even go to work uh, during the day because they have so many rituals and can barely even make it in. And they are late traditionally, and they are, uh, they, they're just rattled with a whole bunch of rituals that they have to do before they can actually get on with life. 
you know, for instance, when someone can't get to work or school because they're stuck washing their hands again and again, checking the locks and windows over and over, performing actions until they feel just right or perfect. And it is a feeling that is what they judge that is what's going to let them go of the compulsion. They look for a feeling as, okay, now it's okay. Also, there's famous people with OCD that you may or may not know. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, he's a global, uh, Golden Globe winning, three-time Academy Award winning, a nominated actor. He absolutely suffers from obsessive compulsive disorder, and he's self-revealed that he has to force himself not to step on chewing gum stains when walking and has the urge to walk through doorways multiple times. He fights these urges so the disease doesn't take over his life. Uh, Jessica Alba, who was in, uh, I think, uh, uh, fabulous or fantastic four movies, uh, probably most famously recognized in those, um, she has OCD, um, hand-washing and combing her hair are her rituals. And uh, she noticed this when she was about 25. Uh, and it was weird because it was triggered for her environmentally because there were about 200 balloons her boyfriend used to decorate her hotel room and it triggered, for some reason, that event environmentally triggered her symptoms. Dave Beckham is a, a, a soccer player, uh, mostly known in Europe, but also I think he played on the uh, LA Galaxy for some time. And he revealed that odd numbers and objects that are misaligned can aggravate his symptoms. He's been known, from what he's reported, to have to rearrange hotel furniture as a part of his rituals. He says that, you know, he says that living with OCD is tiring. But he will give it into his compulsions because it's exhausting to try to fight them off. So he actually just coexists with the diagnosis. Cameron Diaz is another person. Uh, she said she's a germaphobic and uh, a frequent hand washer. And uh, she's afraid to touch doorknobs. She'll actually have other people open doorknobs for her. Uh, she also has claimed that she can... Uh, has overcome the disorder. And so, to tell you the truth, most people that are treated 60 to 85% actually do overcome the disorder, at least to a degree where it doesn't run their life. Uh, Donald Trump is afraid of germs. Uh, he's a germaphobic. Uh, he will not shake hands. He doesn't like to shake hands with people whatsoever, but uh, he's especially afraid to shake hands with teachers because their, their desks are riddled with germs. He's also afraid to push the uh, first button, the ground floor button in an elevator because that's the most touched button in the elevator. Uh, Justin Timberlake, who actually dated Cameron Diaz, has claimed that he uh, struggles with OCD. And uh, he also says he has uh, attention deficit disorder. And he said that uh, he's always making things aligned and uh, at right angles and making sure his fridge is stocked with certain foods at all times. Uh, Howie Mandel is one who suffers enormously uh, from OC, or excuse, yeah, OCD. He has a crippling fear of disease and uh, panic attacks about contracting diseases from different surfaces. And uh, he actually had heart problems in 2009 because he had so much anxiety over feeling like he was contracting a disorder or a disease from someone else. Uh, lastly, Billy Bob Thornton, 
uh, has to uh, take his mail in and out of the mailbox three times to feel like it's safe. He also aligns numbers, uh, assigns numbers to people in his life. So th- this is how different people manifest this particular disorder. And despite you know abundant research uh, that's carried out on this disorder, the exact cause has not been identified. Abnormalities or an imbalance in the neurotransmitter or the brain chemical serotonin could be to blame but nobody really knows for certain what it is in certain individuals you know OCD could be triggered by um, genetic neurological behavioral cognitive environmental factors Uh, genetic causes of OCD studies have shown that OCD runs in families and can be uh, considered a, a familial disorder uh, and it may span for generations with close relatives of people of OCD more likely to develop OCD themselves because they see that in someone else. And so it, it could be that it's in the genes. It could be in watching the behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the particular H-CERT gene, which is called the human serotonin transporter gene, in particular has been targeted in the research and what it's Mm -hmm. basically saying is when the serotonin is low, the transporter for serotonin is low, then therefore it needs to to seek something Mm -hmm. to fill it. And so what it does is it creates a ritual and that ritual is like a misfire uh, to continually produce Mm -hmm. serotonin until the activity produces enough emotional gratification Mm -hmm. that it actually um, manifests a, a solution. Also, uh, autoimmunity has been something that people have claimed has been an issue for OCD. And uh, that statement from the research is that rapid onset cases of uh, OCD in children might be a consequence of uh, infections, which cause inflammation and a dysfunction of the basal ganglia. Now, where is the basal ganglia? Basal ganglia is right above the bridge of your nose in between your eyebrows. And uh, this particular area is also noted for um, attention deficit disorder. The basal ganglia being overstimulated uh, causes uh, a a person to have what's called attention deficit disorder. But also, uh, if there's inflammation or uh, a dysfunction in the basal ganglia, it can also create misfires. Um, the basal ganglia is critical to our thinking. If it's not calmed down, then we have a highly anxious day and we feel like our brain is out of control. It's, it's overproducing and, uh, or underproducing, excuse me, and it's seeking stimulation. So that's why stimulants are used for ADHD children and ADHD people to stimulate the brain, the basal ganglia, and actually calm it down. There's also neurological chart, uh, uh, causes that have been inferred. You know, brain imaging has uh, allowed researchers to study the activity of specific areas of the brain. And uh, despite, you know, the areas showing up like a light bulb, that they're actually uh, inf- or, you know, infested by the OCD issues, um, they're not able to specifically target where in the brain it's going to hit because, unfortunately, these behaviors, these repeat behaviors, show up in different parts of the brain and not just one. Um, you know, the experts suggest that people with OCD, uh, the, the brain has a difficulty turning off and ignoring urges from the circuit, which communication problems in these brain areas uh, lays. And uh, this... Therefore, what it does is it basically loops. It creates a repetition of behavior uh, 
And uh, that repetition of behavior, once again, is manifested in trying to create serotonin to stimulate the brain enough to move on. Um, you know, our brains are very complex and it contains billions, our, every brain contains billions of nerve cells and these are called neurons. And essentially, they communicate and cooperate for the body to function normally. You know, neurons communicate via electrical signals and special chemicals called neurotransmitters uh, uh, assist in moving these electrical mes messages from neuron to neuron. So it's very much thought that this disorder in particular is an electronics issue, a, once again, a looping of, of an electronic signal in our brain. Now, obsessive-compulsive disorder in compulsive urge is compulsive, or not apologize, but uh, I'm stumbling over myself because I'm trying to read and talk at the same time. So, obsessive-compulsive disorder is compulsive urges to perform irrational or excessive avoidance behaviors. And so, when OCD starts in childhood, it's more common in boys than girls. The, the usual time of onset is later for girls, however, than boys. Boys usually show it early, and then as women develop, they tend to roll into it, and it's actually equally proportioned amongst men and women. Uh, the the uh, presence of obsession-compulsion, or often both, is distinguished as obsessive-compulsive disorder, which is the title of the show. A and this is basically distressing, intrusive, obsessive thoughts and repetitive behaviors, compulsive or physical or mental acts. And uh, the most common obsessions are like contamination, uh, losing control, perfectionism, uh, warmth, unwanted sexual thoughts, religious obsessions, and other obsessions. Also, common compulsions include washing and cleaning, uh, checking, repeating, mental compulsions, and other compulsions. Uh, it's about 3%, like I said, of our population in the United States, 6 million people. And uh, they begin, once again, during childhood, but the median age of onset is actually 19 amongst the entire population of the planet Earth. Now, questions that you want to ask yourself about obsessive compulsive, especially if you feel like you have it, uh, one of them is, do I have repetitive thoughts that make me anxious and that I can't get rid of, regardless of how hard I try? If the answer is yes, that's a concern. Also, do I keep things extremely clean or wash my hands frequently? And if the answer is yes, once again, it's a concern. Do you check things to excess is something you want to ask yourself. You know, affected individuals and their families should know that treatment works. It works absolutely. And uh, like I said, 60 to 85% of our population, once they're treated therapeutically, can overcome this. And some of the techniques that are used are fairly easy. There's a thing called in vivo, and in vivo means in life, and that means just being fully exposed to what your fear is. If you actually fully expose yourself to the fear, you have to work yourself through it. The brain can rewire itself and gain confidence if it's able to work itself through a fear. Many people uh, are overwhelmed by flying on airplanes, but once they are left there to have to fly and to have to deal, and they have no choice because they're flying in the air, 
they work through it. And now some people go crazy, but other people work through it and their brain will actually, through the in vivo experience, uh, break it down and make it safe and actually overcome. But other techniques uh, are, are a little slower and that's uh, called an exposure and uh, response prevention and that's a slow exposure. That means you basically are taking time to slowly expose yourself little by little, inch by inch to the problem to where it becomes not a problem anymore and it's not something you're all freaked out about. You know, for example, uh, uh, someone with fear of germs might be asked to touch a, a dirty range of objects without washing their hands or, or keep a log of how often uh, illness actually follows after they've done that. Eventually, it becomes clear that objects are not making them sick. Now, also, medications uh, are awful wonderful, excuse me, awfully good at treating this particular disorder because OCD is actually treated by an antidepressant. And if it is uh, Zoloft, Paxil, these are also very helpful because they add serotonin to the brain, which is what the brain is needing. And many people are resistant to medication, but I, I've got to tell you that an antidepressant is a wonderful medication because it is supplemental. That means that it's a chemical in the medication that the brain is already manufacturing. Dopamine and serotonin are the main ingredients of an antidepressant. And these antidepressants work extremely well and are very targeted at getting the medication to the right parts of the brain to where the brain can calm down and these rituals won't take over your life. And so once again... Uh, depression and OCD are very much treated in the same family of medications. Uh, sometimes, if you will know if you're actually taking a medication, that you're actually on the wrong one because if you're getting too much of it or not enough of it, your brain may misfire and your rituals actually may get stronger. So that is the risk that you take. And so once you get the right medication at the right dosage, you usually are able to work yourself out of these ritualistic behaviors. So we're going to go into causes of OCD a little bit, and then we're going to talk about signs and symptoms. We're going to talk about medical treatment, and we're going to go into therapeutic treatment. So I hope that you will keep listening and come back and listen about OCD. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Are you good at leading yourself? In order to be more effective leaders in business, as managers, or in any organization, you've got to start by being good at self-leadership. On Leadership Takeoff, host Mo Glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command. You need to tune in to Leadership Takeoff 
live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit. It's only the beginning. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about obsessive compulsive disorder. And we're going to talk about the causes. But, you know, what's really important is recognizing and being humble enough to see within yourself that you may have borderline, if not OCD, tendencies in your life. If you can actually recognize that, that's a huge step because many of the people who suffer from OCD don't recognize it as OCD. The other thing is uh, people that have obsessive compulsive disorder tend to uh, sometimes look at their behaviors and their rituals as very constructive. And if they didn't do that, nobody else would. They have lots of defense mechanisms structured around their rituals. And if you interfere with those rituals in, in any way, shape, form, or fashion, if, if that person has to go a day without cleaning the house, and yet they watch the house be dirtier and dirtier than it's ever been, they begin to harass other people uh, to pick up after themselves. They have expectations on everybody that once they're not doing it, everybody else does. And then they will justify why they have to do what they're doing, and they'll go back to doing it again. Um, basically, the, this disorder in particular, it creeps up on people. It, it takes over their life on a very slow, evolving scale. And uh, some people's faster than others, but usually it's, it's, it, it just creeps into someone's life that they'll pick up ritual after ritual after ritual, and they just can't divorce themselves from them. So what are the causes? Well, the behavioral causes of OCD um, at least from a behavioral theory perspective, is the association of certain objects or situations with fear. And learning to avoid those things that trigger fear or to perform rituals in order to help reduce fear. So, you know, I, I've talked before on other shows, but when fear enters, faith leaves. Life is a faith-based venture. That means we invest, but we don't know what the outcome is. We take a leap of faith. Everything we do in as far as moving forward is a leap of faith. Every choice we make is a leap of faith. So what basically happens, if you're following what I'm saying, is a person that is ritualistic or OCD, what they're basically going to do is they're going to stop having to make choices by creating rituals. And those rituals become their life. And, and this fear and avoidance ritual cycle may begin when an individual is under high periods of stress, but it also may extend throughout the course of their life. So, so let's say somebody's starting a new job or the ending of a relationship, they'll create this ritual because they're highly stressed, and it may just become who they are. That means it becomes them. You know, once the connection between the object and the feeling of fear becomes established, 
people with OCD begin to avoid the object and the fear it generates. So everything in their life is going to begin, now that they're doing the ritual, whatever that ritual is, whether it's the uh, uh, trying to avoid somebody that they broke up with or, or uh, uh, trying to avoid conflict in their new job, they're going to develop a cycle that's going to prevent them from interacting with the thing they're afraid of. And I know that's a complex thing to talk about, but that's exactly how this disorder operates. Anything a person with OCD is afraid of, any kind of conflict, any kind of stress, they will avoid it with a ritual to get in the way so that they will have an excuse not to have that stress or conflict in their life. You know, uh, some people will uh, uh, decide they don't want to go to, let's say, a theme park because uh, they have a connection between the theme park and catching illness. And uh, so they avoid using uh, maybe public restrooms. So anywhere with public restrooms, they just cannot be around there. And so they develop cleaning rituals that is basically cleaning the toilet seat, door handles, especially in the places where they live. And if it can, if the places they go to cannot hold up to the quality of life that they need, which is the quality of cleanliness, then they stop going there and they, they create an agoraphobic life where they just contain themselves in certain environments that they can control. Now, cognitism, once again, we're trying to get recognition, recognition of the disorder. So here's some other causes. Um, you know, in cognitive theory... Uh, most people have an unwelcome or intrusive thoughts, but for those with OCD, these thoughts are exaggerated. For example, a person who is under pressure and stress nurturing an infant may have an intrusive thought of harming the infant. Most people can shrug off and disregard the thought, but people suffering from OCD exaggerate the importance of the thought and respond as though it signifies a threat. In the mind of the sufferer, a fleeting thought is changed into a dangerous intention, believing that they may be a threat to their own child, which causes anxiety and negative emotions, such as disgust, guilt, and shame. And basically what they do is to create rituals to make sure their child is safe because they had a thought maybe that, oh my God, I could drop my baby, and all of a sudden it's, I'm going to drop my baby, and then suddenly it's rituals about how not to drop the baby, and that just sucks up their life. OCD sufferers fear their own thoughts uh, and attempt to neutralize these negative feelings that arise from their thoughts by avoiding situations where these rituals uh, cannot happen. So if they can't self-clean or they can't uh, pray without being embarrassed or if they can't, uh, you know, say their rosary or if they can't, you know, uh, control what's going on in the environment as far as germs, they'll completely stay around, away from it. You know, some other obsessions include uh, exaggerated responsibility, believing that one is solely responsible for the safety or harm of others. Also, exaggerated thought importance, believing certain thoughts have more importance and need to be controlled. You know, exaggerated future impact, believing uh, a thought or an urge to do something will increase the likelihood that it will happen. And so they start ruminating over what's going to happen, and basically they catastrophize and create a self-fulfilling prophecy, such as we're going to lose the game or uh, you know, something terrible is going to happen if I go to this place. And suddenly, in their mind, they're preparing for disaster. You know, exaggerated danger 
uh, limitation is another uh, feature as far as cognitive. Cognitive means your thought process, and that is the tendency to overestimate the likelihood of danger. Um, perfectionism can also be an obsession and compulsion, believing everything should be perfect and mistakes are unacceptable. These kind of people live a miserable, miserable life. You know, there's also environmental stressors, and uh, they may trigger OCD in people with the tendencies towards developing the condition. There were, there's been uh, studies that uh, stressful and traumatic life events uh, before illness begins can actually trigger OCD and actually cause illness. Some of those events may be abuse, changes in a living situation, illness, death of a family member or friend, school or work changes, problems, relationship worries. These are all things that may trigger OCD and then that person starts to cope with life, filling it with rituals to avoid their uh, predicted outcomes. Signs and symptoms are very uh, uh, obvious uh, to many of us, but not obvious to the OCD person. You know, uh, everything is fear-based in the OCD world. Losing control, uh, fear of harming someone else, losing important items or personal possessions. You know, the fact is that every single symptom of OCD has to do with a fear. And almost every single diagnosis, uh, they're called axis one diagnosis, which are not are thought disorders. These particular disorders are often triggered by the, the lack of ability to control something that we want to control. And if you want to live a psychotic life, the thing you need to do is try to control everything you cannot control. Now, if you want to live a calm and peaceful life, you need to really, truly Get truthful with yourself and get down to the idea of, hey, what can I really control? And the truth is the only thing you can really control is your own choices and your own feelings. And, and that's it. That's about it. And, and sometimes you can't even control your own choices because maybe you're forced to make a choice. And, and bottom line is we have to recognize that and understand that we can't control that sometimes. And if we do that, we become more peaceful. So, you know, some common obsessions, this is dealing with fear, is like contamination, uh, safety concerns, doubting one's memory or perception, uh, need to do the right thing, or, or uh, fear of committing a transgression. Many times it's centered around religiosity, a, a religion. And, and so we feel like we're not aligned to, to our faith if we don't do these certain rituals, and you could blame the Catholic faith because they have a ton of them, um, and I'm Catholic, by the way, so so I'm a, not a good Catholic. But but the deal is, is that uh, you know religiosity is filled with rituals that OCD people can just thrive on. You know, uh, common compulsions. Uh, oh, oh, the, some of the some of the other uh, obsessions are, are sexual and aggressive thoughts. I forgot about that. There are a lot of people who have a, a very intrusive sexual and aggressive thoughts and they OCD around those and they either run away from them or they get addicted to pornography. Uh, some people need symmetry and that is uh, things being aligned properly. So, so here's the compulsions. Cleaning and washing is the most common. Uh, checking locks, stove, iron, gas, whatever. Also counting, repeating actions in a certain number of times until it feels right. Uh, touching and tapping objects, 
Hoarding is also a huge OCD problem. Also, confessing or seeking reassurance is an OCD trait. List making is an OCD trait. Once again, we're trying to recognize who are these people with OCD? What are the qualities? And I'm trying to list them so you can basically understand, wow, maybe I got it. And maybe I need to deal with it. And uh, once again, the best thing is seeking therapy. Um, secondarily is medication. Okay. Uh, many patients that have OCD also have other disorders. And uh, depression is the big one. Also, mood and anxiety. Anxiety is tied to depression, by the way, folks. So if you have depression, you also have anxiety. If you have anxiety, you have depression. It's just a matter of how anxious are you compared to how depressed you are. But the deal is uh, many of these mood disorders like uh, somatoform, and you may not know what that is, but that's like a hypochondriac or somebody that looks at themselves unlike they really are in life or somebody that has pains like stomach pains, heart pains, but they don't ever really are able to get them uh, diagnosed by a, a medical doctor. These are somatic issues. Also, eating disorders are often aligned to OCD. Also, uh, attention deficit disorder Tick disorders in particular are very, very common uh, with OCD um, because they neurologically operate about the same way as an OCD person. Also, uh, suicidal uh, thoughts and behaviors are very common with OCD people. Um, also, uh, people are very commonly have uh, skin rashes, uh, ex eczema, uh, excessive washing, also hair loss, which is called trichotrillomania, which is a compulsive hair pulling where they have segments of their hair or eyelashes or eyebrows that get pulled out. And these are neurological misfires, once again, that can be helped by medication and therapy. These things can be treated. And medical treatment, you know, the, 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 the main uh, stay of treatment for OCD is uh, serotonin. And we talked about that before. Also, uh, behavioral therapy uh, is that exposure and response prevention. Once again, we talked about the in vivo. Also, education and family interventions can be wonderful where the family actually gets in front of the person and says, hey, man, you are driving us all crazy. If you need to do this, keep it to yourself, but don't make us be a part of it. We are becoming crazed by you. You're pushing us away by all these rituals and you're, you're divorcing yourself from your own family by getting lost in them. You've got to get some help. This is huge for people. And uh, what I'm trying to do here is basically educate so that you can seek it and get this thing out of your life. You know, neurosurgery um, is extremely, uh, in very severe cases, can be also very helpful. They do what's called a deep brain stimulation which actually prevents the OCD from taking over your life. Now, this is a very, once again, severe cases where you would need a neurosurgery. You know, but antidepressants are the front line from the medical community, and these are called reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, uh, you know, usually it's called a trilictic antidepressant, which they use, and a uh, trilyptic, um, they're usually preferred because what they do is they treat anxiety, they treat depression, and they also destimulate the basal ganglia. So they do a lot of things that are very helpful to helping stop this particular disorder. And uh, 
you know, just, just treating yourself to in one way, just doing like a single form of therapy may not work. So you have to try other forms of therapy. Maybe, maybe that the, the uh, medical treatment doesn't work, but the therapeutic treatment works. Or maybe all of them combined knocks it out of the ballpark. Even hypnosis has been known to stop OCD type of behavior. So, uh, you know, perhaps maybe half the patients uh, may get symptom reductions at 30 to 50% with one form of therapy, but if they combine them, they may be able to get a full remission, if not a almost full remission of OCD. And some people never get relief, and that's because they are so controlling and such control freaks that they are afraid to stop their rituals, that they actually have justified their rituals in their life so strongly, even though they know they're weird and wrong, and they know that their philosophy and their hypothesis is is completely out of sync, they'll still buy it and they'll still defend it. I cannot tell you how many people will actually get extremely angry and irritable over their rituals uh, because those rituals they feel have to be done. And, and so what we have to do, once again, when we're confronting someone that OCDs that's not ready to stop, not ready to seek treatment, is we have to intervene with them as a family. And we have to communicate them our concern for their rituals. And we have to give them hope that it can be treated. And we also have to give them hope and understanding that these rituals may actually not completely be necessary to their existence. And, you know, the reason these people defend their rituals so strongly is usually because they're very depressed and they feel very vulnerable and they don't know what it is like anymore to live in the real world, to actually know what it's like to live and communicate rather than wake up and know what your entire day is going to look like due to the ritual that you've developed. And so that's kind of the world that they live in. And we have to understand that. We have to be very compassionate with the comfort it brings. But we also have to give them a reflection of what life could be like without the ritual. Now maybe you're not going to be late to work. Now maybe you can keep a job. You know, Now maybe your hands won't be chapped. Now you're going to feel different. Now you're going to be open to going out on a date. Now you're going to be able to meet people, shake people's hands, actually have relationships. Now you're going to be able to be expose yourself to all kinds of environments that you never would expose yourself to. Think about uh, never being able to go to Disneyland. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Not being able to go to Disneyland and, and, and because you're afraid of germs. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We have white blood cells. Use them. Our body uses them to fight disease, to fight germs. That's what it's there for. Let it work. We have lots of, lots of ways to have immunities. All right. We're going to go on, and we're going to talk about kids with OCD. We're also going to go a little bit further in the treatment, and then we're going to uh, talk about how to treat yourself. So come back, and we'll talk about OCD. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. 
You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at DRGBMFT for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Are decisions at the leadership level determined by influences of external factors? Discover by tuning into From the Boardroom to the Bedroom, The Protocol Praxis with Suzanne Z. Pedro. Science reveals that decisions are made subconsciously based on emotions and learning which occurs before one is aware. So take a chance. Open the door. Reframe your critical decisions with proven successful strategies. The boardroom to the bedroom. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back. This is Dr. Gary Bell, and uh, we are talking about obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, Once again, this disorder is uh, basically a huge disability in life. And uh, there are lots of different connections to OCD as far as environmental, behavioral, uh, neurological. I mean, we can we can attribute it to so many different places, but the deal is, it's a coping mechanism. It's a coping skill, and primarily, however we get to it, we have to eliminate the coping skill because it takes over our lives, and we don't live our life. I've talked about it before. Everything in this sh- show, everything related to OCD, everything related to any psychosis is fear-based. Fear. Fear, fear, Fear. So if you see somebody who lives a life filled with rituals, what that tells you is that person, that individual, that poor, sad individual looks at life as a very scary place, looks at relationships with people in a very scary way. And, and basically, you're watching them deal with that fear by their rituals. You know, um, with kids... OCD is huge, and some of these kids grow out of it, and that's good because that that means it was primarily environmental. But behavioral therapy, meaning therapy with a therapist, and medication are the most common treatment, and actually that's most common in in adults. But with children in in particular, you really want to nip this thing in the bud if you can. And and, uh, you really want to gradually, with kids in vivo, which I talked about before, was, was exposing uh, uh, just in life, uh, someone to their fear may not be the best process with a child. It takes a little bit of time, and so you have to be very gradual with a child as far as introducing them to something they may be afraid of and eventually helping them get rid of it. I remember uh, just from a fear-based perspective, not an OCD perspective, um, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with wanting to be a ventriloquist, and that was such a strange thing. But 
what I did was um, I had this doll that scared the crap out of me. And uh, basically what I did was I had it in another room. And since I had a fear that the doll was going to come and get me at night, I must have watched some horrific movie on television. I don't think Chucky was out back then. I was a little kid, uh, and I'm very old. So, But the deal is is that uh, with that doll, I would gradually get it closer and closer to my bedroom till eventually I put it on top of uh, my dresser, staring, and then I eventually had it staring down at me while I laid in bed. And every time I woke up in the morning unharmed, I started to loosen my fear of darkness. And I also loosened up my fear and stopped my fear of that particular doll and stopped those nightmares. So that was me self-treating. But, you know, that is the kind of exposure where you do it on a very slow scale, but basically it gets rid of that fear. Um, you know, for exposure to be successful, it has to be uh, combined with uh, prevention, which is the child's ritual or avoidance behaviors are blocked. For example, a child who fears dirt must, must not only stay in contact with the dirt, but must also be allowed to wash. So, you know, having them exposed to dirt and actually washing is normal. So if they have a ritual of washing and they're afraid of dirt, you want them to touch dirt, but also integrate the washing into it until the washing's only purpose is to get clean rather than to feel better. You know, OCD sometimes can worsen if it's not treated in a consistent or logical or supportive manner. So you want to talk to somebody, have you ever treated OCD, uh, um, obsessive compulsive disorder before? And, and you want to know that the person that's treating it has experience and training in that area. And if they don't, bypass and move on because they may not be that effective. If that's something they're not that helpful with or familiar with or they say, yeah, I've done it before, ask for cases. Ask for people, not not names, but you know, what cases have you had? What have you done to do it? How do you treat it? And, and make sure you do a thorough interview because, once again, you're talking about buying your life back, and that's huge. You know, uh, talking about rituals and fears have, have not uh, been shown to help OCD. If you're just going to talk to it and say, oh, you've got this ritual or oh, you have this fear, you actually may reinforce it and actually turn it into a performance, meaning that the kid knows or the person knows they're going to get attention by doing the ritual and it's actually becoming a part of their identity. So if you're just going to talk about it and not look at it as a problem or something that needs to be treated, just something that's funny that they do, you're going to actually reinforce the behavior rather than get them better. Many kids do well, like I said, with therapy, while others need also medication. Um, so once again, interview therapists. Don't just pick somebody. Interview them. Find out what they know and see if they can help and see if they've treated this particular disorder. Um, all kids have worries and doubts, but you know, kids have a different framework of life. You know, they are very vulnerable. They're susceptible to adults uh, guiding them, telling them what to do, arranging their schedule, feeding them, providing a roof over their head, allowing them to play, when not to play, transporting them. I mean, they have a very dependent life. And uh, kids with OCD worry a lot because they don't have a lot of control. You know, power and control are the one thing that all children crave. And so if they have rituals that they own that are self-serving, 
or something that makes them feel safer, then what's going to happen is they're going to fill their life with rituals because that's something they can control. So if they feel like their life is too controlled, they're going to develop rituals to control their life for themselves. And so then they feel like they're in charge rather than the adult. It's once again stems from depression and anxiety. And kids in particular with OCD become preoccupied uh, with uh, harmful things, things that are dangerous, wrong, dirty, uh, thoughts that bad stuff could happen. This is something that usually with children in particular, these thoughts are what they ruminate over. Ruminate means to churn over and over and over and over. And so their rituals, um, you know, do they do these rituals because and they don't really know why they they if you ask them why do you do it they just say because or uh, I know you like me doing this or I know this is helpful or I want to get this just right but they really don't understand why they're doing it and um, if you think of OCD uh, obsessive compulsive disorder as an overactive alarm system um, it's it's a rise of anxiety or worry that is so strong that a child feels like they must perform a task or dwell on the thought over and over again to the point where it interferes with their everyday life, then you know it's an issue. And once again, you don't want to reinforce it and, and egg them on to continue doing the behavior. What you want to do is let them know that this ritual is not who you are and I need to get help for you to understand that there's other ways to deal with this issue, the, 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 what you're really worried about. And the therapy in particular is working through the fear. Um, you know, common OCD behaviors in kids, uh, you know, can take up a great deal of time and energy, uh, making it extremely uh, very difficult to do homework, chores, or to enjoy life or even have friends. Um, you know, they also feel very frustrated and guilty for not being able to control their thoughts and actions after rituals have taken over. They have a lot of these kids end up having low self-esteem, shame, embarrassment. They feel like they're weird. Um, they also feel pressure because they don't have enough time to do everything. And the reason I cite children is because children in particular are just starting to develop who they are. And Parents, if you don't take this serious, if you really don't take these rituals serious, what you're going to come to find is that you're actually creating a very low self-esteem child, that they're going to continue doing these compulsions and they're going to box themselves away from developing relationships where they can actually discover who they are as people. And if we can get this disorder when it's young, particular in boys, uh, where these rituals are very strong and then later on in girls, then we can help their life, and that's huge. And, and parents, you got to step up. You got to step up and try to help them. You can't just let them do rituals over and over again and go, ah, I don't have to worry about them for 20 minutes because they're going to do this. That's not cool. So some of the things uh, are very much the same as adults, they're, they're, but they're a little stacked a little different. Dirt, fear of germs, contamination, that's something that's really big. And the reason it is is because parents make a big deal about cleaning your hands. Uh, you know, dirt and germs create sickness, illness. And by doing that, if we do it too much, basically the kid picks up on that and they go, okay, I can wash my hands for 20 minutes and my parents think I'm doing the greatest thing in the world. So they actually feel like they're doing something wonderful. Religious obsessions, especially if you're in a uh, very ritualistic church with lots of rituals, um, 
you know, the children tend to feel over and over these obsessions are important. So they'll go to those obsessions and cope with life by praying or by bowing down to an object or by, you know, doing something that having to do with the religion. And basically, they feel like that will be acceptable to mom and dad and everybody else. Also, uh, some get obsessions to body wastes, which is very strange. But these obsessions are very, very strong in a lot of children. You know, they're discovering themselves. They're going through puberty many times. And uh, to, to, to focus on their poop and pee is not uncommon, but also to obsess with it can also be not uncommon. So they could disassociate themselves from their pee or poop by trying to flush it or trying to hide it or trying to not pee or not poop. I mean, there's all kinds of preoccupations that kids can have towards uh, body waste. Also, uh, numbers, lucky numbers, unlucky numbers can be very strong. Uh, What's your sign as far as your horoscope can be an obsession. Also, uh, once they get into puberty, the fear of sexual or aggressive thoughts can be very strong. And, and you, as a parent, have to develop very good dialogue with your children about sex. And it's very healthy to do that. They need to know what sex is about. They need to know what your thoughts are about sex. Also, uh, we need to look at uh, uh, tantrums as, as an overt sign that kids are OCD. And when they're throwing tantrums over rituals that make no sense of all, then you know you've got a kid that's probably having an issue with OCD. Um, so, you know, you want to look at that because once again, these temper tantrums are very strong indicators that they have very strong defense mechanisms set around the OCD. So here's some ways to treat yourself. You relabel the intrusive thoughts uh, for example, train yourself to say, I don't think or feel that my hands are dirty. I have an obsession that my hands are dirty. I don't feel that I have the need to wash my hands. I'm having a compulsive urge to perform the compulsion of washing my hands. Also, you want to reattribute, and this is talking about trying to conquer your own OCD, reattribute. Realize that the intensity of intrusiveness of the thought or urge is caused by OCD. That means you, you admit it. I got it. It's not me. It's my OCD. Also, you want to refocus your attention on doing something else for a few minutes before you do the behavior. You know, I'm experiencing OCD. I need to do something else. So instead of washing your hands, what you may do is go eat an apple or go into the kitchen and get something or go into your bedroom and turn on the television. Do something different. And, and once you recognize that this is your obsession, your own stupid obsession that has no meaning, there is no need to pay attention to it. And as you do that over and over and over again, you will push yourself away from the OCD. Also, you want to write down your obsessive thoughts. Keep a pad and pencil near you. If you have lots of rituals, write them down. And the more you write them down, the more you'll see how obsessive they are. And every time you have them, you write them down. Or you put a check mark, and then you try to decrease that over time. You also want to create a worry period before you fall into it. Let yourself worry uh, 10 minutes a day. And this is when I'll worry about my obsession. For 10 minutes, I'm going to worry about it. And as you do that, you will not want to have that worry period. Okay, that's our show about obsessive-compulsive disorder. Absurd Psychology is next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. 
and 4 p.m., excuse me, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Our next show is Trust and Betrayal, The Horrible Truth of Surviving in a Relationship. Trust and Betrayal, two of the deepest, most meaningful emotions and bargains we make with other people in our lives. I want to thank everybody for listening. Love to hear from you and get your feedback at drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. Now remember, love is an obsessive delusion cured by marriage. That's from Phil Spector. I want to thank everybody for joining us. Join us next week. Once, once again, 1 p.m. Pacific time. That's Absurd Psychology. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back.